0: In today's show, we're talking rookies in the NBA for fantasy basketball, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore b and on Instagram at Locked On fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. You are, f- we- not you, we are free and available on all platforms. Here to talk about rookies always exciting. New players coming into the league. We love overrating them. We love overvaluing them. We love hyping them up. And in the end, they're not that impactful in fantasy. That's that's the general rule. So I thought we'd dig into it and talk about which ones might be impactful. Of course, unfortunately, we're not going to be talking about Chet Holmgren in today's show because... Chet's not going to play this season. He would have been, I think, the most impactful fantasy rookie. I think he would have been a top 50 player. He would for sure have been the guy I took number one in the dynasty rookie draft. I probably still would. And I would have taken him top 25, top 30 in a total dynasty startup. But he's not playing this season. So he's not going to be included in this. I was going to say this was sparked by a comment or a discussion that someone left, but it wasn't because I'm always going to do this video. But someone's like, oh man, your drafts, you just—you don't take any risks. You're not taking any rookies. There's no upside in that. That's just not how fantasy works. And I just thought I'd put the numbers out there because A, that's not true. Um, I take a lot of risks. but And B, rookies aren't that impactful for winning in fantasy. So let's have a look how things have played out over the last five years. But before we do that, Warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I looked at the the history of top 120 players in both category leagues and points leagues. If I had have narrowed this number down to top 100, it would have looked worse. Last season, really, really strong rookie class. Cade Cunningham, Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley. Just those three are already awesome players. Um, We had other really, really good rookies last season as well. We had six players who finished Jalen Green. Top Six players finished top 120 in points and categories. Okay. Is that great? No, it's not. Like, it's, it's okay. It's six guys that finished top 120. Um, the reason I did top 120 is because it's the it's 10 rounds of a 12-team draft. You know, those bench guys, you cycle through, you rotate them. You finish top 120, you're a guy that probably should have deserved to be on a roster most of the season, even though there'll be lots of ups and downs. A top 100 guy is definitely someone that you want on your roster all season long. So we had you know, top. We actually had um, five or six. The six guys from last season in categories were top 100. It was an outlier, but we knew this coming into the year that this was a really strong rookie class. You had Cunningham, Barnes, Mobley, Giddy, Jones, Wagner, um, and Jalen Green finish outside the top 150. And in points leagues, it was a little bit different. But we still had the six numbers inside the top 120. The year before that, not a particularly strong draft class. And again, we've we, we sort of knew that at the time. We had three top 100. 20 players in category leagues and three top 120 players in points leagues. LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, and Anthony Edwards. That's it. Wasn't a strong draft class. We saw that. We had Isaiah Stewart just out of there, Cole Anthony, Sadiq Bey. These guys weren't top 120 players. We had three guys. The year after that, the year before that, sorry, 1920, we only had three as well. It's not many, is it? Three players in the top 120. Ja Morant, Brandon Clark, Zion Williamson. And Zion was 119th on a per-game basis playing only 24 games. In points leagues, it was a little bit better. We had some other players jump in there. We had five guys in the top 120, but still not a huge number. 18-19, things were a little bit better. We had six players in the top 120 for both points leagues and category leagues. That was the unbelievable rookie class of Ayton, Young, Doncic, Jaron Jackson, Mitchell Robinson, Wendell Carter. Shea was in that group, although he didn't make top 120 in category leagues. So Shea was in that group. Interestingly, the year before that, 17-18 season, which wasn't considered the strongest year for rookies, we had quite a few rookies put up big numbers. Seven in the top 120 for category leagues and eight in the top 120 for points leagues. Donovan Mitchell, Lonzo Ball, Jason Tatum, Larry Markinen, John Collins, Kyle Kuzma, all those guys were top 120. And the thing is, you throw Ben Simmons in there as well, because he was technically a rookie that season as well. So it didn't come from the draft, but was a rookie. So that's the, one of the extra numbers there. But over the last five years, we've averaged five players in the top 120 for Category Leagues, and 5.6 in the top 120 for Points Leagues. It's not that many, is it? So before, and I, I, there are, I'm going to talk about the rookies for this season. I have absolutely no problem with taking a flyer on a rookie in the last round. But taking a flyer on a rookie who doesn't profile well fantasy-wise, who doesn't have a clear huge role, and the guy that was actually commenting with him was saying, man, how, how could you not talk about Ochai Agbaji? He's going to have this huge role. And I, I just don't think he's that good of a player. I don't think he's got that huge of a role ahead of him. And I don't think he's got a good fantasy skill set. So I don't think I'd even bother, personally, taking him in the last round. That could be proven completely wrong in two weeks when Clarkson, Mitchell, Beasley, Conley, all those guys could be traded with no one else coming in. That is possible. And even then, Agbaji would play behind Sexton. But it's just, there's taking high picks on rookies, a lot of them, outside of two or three, it's not worth it in general. In general. That's that's the general way that this has shown. And the numbers, if we go back every year, it's going to be the same. There'll be four, there'll be five, there'll be three. Again, if you look at top 100 numbers, the average is about four to finish in the top 100. Three, I think it's three and a half to four that finish top 100. For rookies. It's not a huge number whatsoever. If we look at how my stuff projects out for rookies for this season. In the top 120, I've got three guys projected in the top 120 for rookies this season in category leagues and points leagues. With a couple on the fringe. I've got three guys. And remember, this year's draft class, like the 2020-2021 year, is not considered a strong year for rookies. That was the mellow... Anthony Edwards, Halliburton year. This year is not considered a strong year in in the draft. It's not a a strong draft. So I've got three guys projected top 120. Based on Yahoo rank, they've got three guys in the top 120. Based on Yahoo ADP, they've got two guys in the top 120. Based on ESPN rank, well, you can see the graphic. I wrote LOL because they don't have any rookies ranked whatsoever because apparently they don't exist. Interestingly... Based on ESPN ADP, not one rookie is getting picked in the top 120. So if you are playing on ESPN, I I pray for you, but if you are playing on ESPN, you can get some rookies late. And then on fan tracks based on ADP, there's three rookies in the top 120. So relatively consensus across the the sites that matter and ESPN, um, that there's three rookies in the top 120. So before we talk about who those rookies actually are or what we can expect from them. I'm going to tell you what can expect from Built Bar. Deliciousness. High protein. Low carbs. Low fat. And a great new flavor. The Built Bar Puff. Cookie dough. Delicious and indulgent cookie dough covered in 100% real chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puff has a light and chewy texture. Real cookie dough chunks. And of course, covered in 100% real Chocolate. It's all the joys of eating cookie dough without the hassle of making it. Plus, it is healthy for you and only 160 calories jam-packed with a whopping 15 grams of protein as well. It can be a treat. It can be an after-workout protein supplement. It can be just something when you're looking for something quick on the go. You grab yourself a Built Puff in the cookie dough flavor. It is an amazing taste and they are great and really good for you. So... Grab this new cookie dough chunk puff. It's going to go quick. Built Bar doesn't keep the flavors around forever. Go to built.com, use the promo code, new promo code, on 15 lockedon L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-1-5, and that gives you 15% off your order. Built Bar is built different. Let's look at Paulo Banchero for this upcoming season. Number one pick of the Orlando Magic I've got, I'm going to run through all these things here. Is he a better player in category leagues or points leagues for this upcoming season? I think marginally, and most rookies are, they are better in points leagues. There are a few that aren't, and we'll talk about them later, but most rookies are better in points leagues, and Paulo is no exception. He is projected to be the starting power forward for the Magic, and he's absolutely draftable. He's strong in rebounds. He's going to get good assists. He's a solid steals player. But he's not going to get many blocks. He's going to be low in free throws. He's going to be low in field goal percentage as well, most likely. Yahoo's got him ranked at 60, which I think for points leagues is about right. For category leagues, it's maybe a little bit too high. But his Yahoo ADP at 74 is probably getting more in line with where you want to pick him in that seventh round. Um yeah, seventh seventh round area. Like if you wanted to go to 60, I think that's too high. I wouldn't want to take Barlow at 60 because again, there are deficiencies in his game, and meaning your three-point shooting, steals, or not steals, blocks, sorry, um, free throw percentage, not necessarily a great field goal, and it might only be a marginal negative field goal, but I think it still would be a negative. So I wouldn't go to 60, that's too high. 80, sure, 75, no problem. 60 just feels like it's probably, it's probably just a little bit too high for Polo, but He's got a real argument to be the number one rookie this season. I don't think it's in the bag. I think for points leagues, he will be the number one rookie, but it's not in the bag that he's the number one rookie. There are some other contenders for that position. And yeah, I think in most leagues, he will be the first rookie off the board, but I don't think in every league, he will end the season as the number one ranked rookie. No problem with him coming off the board first because points and assists, which is things he's going to be better than most rookies at, are really tough to find. So I think he's fine in, in that regard. But he's not going to be, um, he's going to have some some issues. I think that's relatively clear. Let's talk about the guy that I think is going to be an option here for the best rookie. And that's Jabari Smith Jr. of the Houston Rockets. Don't look at his summer league and go, man, he really struggled. He, he sort of did what he did. Like he got blocks, he got steals. He's a good rebounder. He shot the ball, ball poorly from three in a five-game sample size. I think that'll pick up. He's better marginally, in my projections, marginally in points leagues versus category leagues, but it's really, really small, the difference. So it basically is the same, and it could easily jump to be better in category leagues. He's presumed to be the starting power forward for the Rockets. Yes, he's draftable. He's going to get a good rebound number, good block number, good steal number. His field goal percentage is going to be a problem. But if you're punting field goals, that elevates him really high. His points and assists are probably going to be a problem, especially assists. Yahoo's got him ranked at 96. That's too low for me. It's, it's too low. I think that he has got top 80 potential. Actually, it's not true. I think top 80 is about where he's going to be. I think he's got top 60 potential. In points leagues, the upside is probably not as high in category leagues, but it's still pretty good. And he should be around 70-ish in points leagues. Around, around that for, for category, I think he's got higher upside. And, and without Chet, he's probably the guy that's most likely to crack the top 50 if he averages, say, 16 points per game. I don't think he will. But if he gets to 16, along with his defense, and if the three-point shot falls, then he's got that upside. The rank of 96 is too low for Jabari Smith, I think. And when you're looking for someone who contributes in steals and blocks around those middle rounds, there's not many of them. You get to this list and you go, oh, do I take Patrick Beverly? Do I take PJ Washington? Do I take Ben Simmons? Like, there's not many guys in that area who have the statistical profile that Jabari has, and that's going to push him a little bit higher in my mind up draft boards, especially up my draft board. He's going to be a guy that I'm pretty interested in targeting towards that round seven, round eight mark. And if he's going at 96, which he is, I, I like that a lot. His ADP on Yahoo is, where is it? 89. Oh, sorry, 121. Holy shit, what am I talking about? 121, that's insanity. I don't think he's going to fall that far. His fan ADP is 89. That's about right. Um, ESPN, well, it's at 134. Of course it is, because... Of course it is. But that ADP on Yahoo, 121, that's going to come in because they had him ranked at like 260 or something. Um, he's up to 96 now. That 121 will come in when we do Market Watch Monday next week. It's going to come in again. It's going to come in again. And it's going to settle around 85 would be my guess. There's still a little bit of value in that for Jabari to come in at number 85. The other player who I think, as I said before, I have three players projected top 120. It's Polo, It's Jabari. And I think it's Keegan Murray is the third one who's a top 120 player. And these are all draftable guys. You know, guys that you solidly draft probably within the top 100. Keegan was the fourth pick in the draft. Again, he marginally profiles better for points leagues. Marginally. There's no no, no guarantee with that, of course. But he marginally profiles better there. Um, I think he's going to start at the three. For the Kings, whether he's the three or the four, and him or Harrison Barnes, it doesn't really matter. He's going to be a starting forward, I expect. I don't think they're going to start um, yeah, Barnes at the four and then bring one of those extra guards and put Monk and Herder or Mitchell and Herder next to Fox. I don't think they'll do that. They could, but I don't think they'll do that. Much like with Jabari Smith, Keegan Murray was a really good steals and blocks guy in college with good rebounds. Now, the steals and blocks didn't translate across into summer league for Murray, so we're a little bit worried about that. We've seen plenty of players with big steals and blocks numbers, Zion, Brandon Clark, for example, who don't translate across, so we've got to watch that. I think he's going to have some field goal percentage issues, despite the really high shooting in college. That's just something that rookies struggle with nearly all the time, especially if they're not centers, that they have poor field goal percentage, and he's not a good assist player. I also worry a little bit about Keegan, who was Summer League MVP on a team with literally nobody else that was any good, so he just did everything, and now he's going to be in a situation where he has to take at least third string behind... Um, Fox behind Sabonis, and then you got Herder, you got Monk, you got Mitchell, you got um, Barnes. Like, where does he fit offensively in the pecking order? Can he even get to 15 points a game? I, I doubt that somewhat. He, he might get there, but I don't think he's going to get there. His value is going to be in being a good rebounder, getting good defensive stats, hitting some threes, and just being like a ninth, tenth round player. Yahoo's got him ranked at 87. ESPN's got him ranked, of course, nowhere. Yahoo's ADP's got him at 90, um, 98. And actually, I've got him ranked basically the same spot in that ninth, tenth round area. Fantrax ADP is ninety-two. So when you're around that ninth round, getting into the tenth round area, Keegan Murray looks pretty good to me. In a points league, you bump him up a little bit higher, maybe round eight, maybe round seven, probably round eight. We look at him there. Yeah, maybe as a thirty default Yahoo points league, you know, thirty points per game sort of player, but still behind Polo and Jabari. I think that's the order they should come off the board. Really, although I could flip flop Jabari and Polo in terms of what order you draft those guys. And they're the three guys that I feel confident with. I do have well, another four guys I'm going to talk about here, who are worth taking, but only with a later pick. And these are the only guys I really think that are worth taking. The sixth, the 6th that's the word, the sixth pick in the NBA draft was old Humpty Dumpty himself, ex-Benedict Matherin. Do I think he's a better points lead player than Category? Absolutely. He is one of those guys that you have to really be careful of in a Category League because it might look sexy when he has an 18-point game, but he might Lonnie Walker us. And by Lonnie Walker us, I mean he needs big usage with poor efficiency, no threes, no rebounds, no assists, no steals, no blocks. And I I get the feeling that Matherin might be that guy. He might not be, but he might be. Now, in Indiana, I think he's going to get minutes, and I think he's going to get good opportunities to put up good numbers. And that's obviously going to be useful. And in a points league, I'm much more interested in taking him in, say, round round 12. Category league, he's a last-round flyer. That is it because of the huge deficiencies across his game. I think he's going to start for them. I wouldn't say that that is guaranteed at all, but I do think that he's going to start for them. And that's going to bring value in itself by getting shots, getting set up by Halliburton. But healed is there. Duarte is there as well. And those guys are going to have impacts on him. There's Again, I don't think there's much of a debate about that. That having those guys around is going to have somewhat of an impact on Benedict Mathurin. And again, in a category league, he's a last-round flyer type. who probably doesn't crack the top 150, but you take a crack and you see what happens. He's going to be really strong in threes. He's going to get some points, but he's going to struggle with his blocks and assists. He's going to struggle with his field goal percentage. Yahoo's got him at 158, and I think that's bang on. His ADP's 139. His Fantrax ADP's 136. We're talking second last round here, last round. No problem. I'd go one to two rounds higher in points leagues, round 11 or 12, but for categories, to me, he's strictly just a last round flyer player. A good one, but a guy that... Might be outside the top 250 for the first three months of the season, which is, I think, a pretty realistic expectation for the player with this sort of um, statistical profile. And in, in by this sort of statistical profile, I mean a guy who scores and doesn't do much else. I think Jaden Ivey is in a similar boat. Fifth pick in the draft, projected to start next to Cade Cunningham, whether you count him as the point guard or the shooting guard, I don't care. He's going to start most likely. Um, he's a better points league guy than category league player is he draftable barely in a, categ- in a in a category or sorry points league you're looking at around 11 sort of area around 10 maybe but in the category league it's last round flyer because he doesn't have a great fantasy profile no rebounds low volume threes poor shooter poor from the free throw line low steals low blocks and not the highest assists for a point guard that all sounds bad doesn't it because it, it is he doesn't have the greatest statistical profile and it's not he's not going to have the highest usage He's going to have a decent usage, but Bay and Cunningham will get get a number of shots there. And he's not going to have this huge assist role. He is a draftable player, but again, last round only would be where we're looking at him. His strengths, hopefully, are going to be three-pointers made, steals and assists. He's going to struggle with both percentages. I think he's going to struggle with rebounds. And he's ranked at 143, as I said, on Yahoo. His ADP on Yahoo is... um, Where am I? His ADP is 130. His Fantrax ADP is 133. I don't think he's a top 150 player, but I would take him last round. And then in points leagues, you are looking in that 120 to 135 sort of range, which is round 11, round 12. No problem with drafting him there. A much better points league player than he is a um, category league player. These next two are interesting guys because they're much lower down the draft list. Walker Kessler of the Utah Jazz. Picked 22 in the draft, traded from the Wolves as part of the Gobert deal. He's a much better category league guy than points league guy. He might be the starting center for the Jazz. We don't know yet. I expect Markkinen starts at the four and then maybe Vanderbilt at the five, but it could be Kessler at the five. Maybe they push Markkinen to the three and go and Vanderbilt, Kessler. I think a Kessler, Vanderbilt front court sounds terrible in general if you've got Markkinen there to space it up, but I don't know. He blocked an unbelievable amount of shots. He's a high field goal percentage guy. He showed a little bit of stretchability. He's a good rebound player. If we get any clarification on where Kessler sits, like he, out of everyone here, he's got the biggest chance to be the top fantasy player. Because if he plays 28 minutes a night, a stretch, he will be a top 50 guy. He might average 10 and 11 with three blocks on 70% shooting. He might not. But he might. He's got that upside. Ivy doesn't have that. Mathurin doesn't have that. Keegan Murray, I don't think, has, doesn't have that. Jabari maybe does. or maybe does. But Kessler's the guy that I'm really interested in. But the acquisition of Markkinen did hurt him, I think. Now, I would still take him in round 11, maybe round 10. I wouldn't go into the top 100 for Kessler now because I'm just way more unsure about his role and about his minutes with the addition of Markkinen. And in a points league, he doesn't have that upside. He's a last-round flyer in a points league, where he's a round 10 sort of guy in a category league who could go a lot higher once we get a bit more um, clarity on the situation. Sites don't believe it, though. He's ranked 220th on Yahoo. Got an ADP of 143. Fantrax is a little bit more on the ball with that. He's at 114 there, and guess where he's ranked on ESPN? Oh, that's right. They don't rank rookies. Cool. It's a 220th for Walker. That's pretty good. It's good value if you can get him. I like him, but the marketing deal has soured me somewhat because it just squishes those minutes from a situation where there was only one power forward on the roster being Vanderbilt and only two centers being Kessler and Azubuke. Now that you've got another power forward there, it means Vanderbilt has to push across a little bit and then the Azubuke kessler combination also gets squeezed somewhat there in that front court. The other one who I think has a chance to be fantasy relevant this season is Tari Eason, the 17th pick in the draft, a better category league guy than points league player. At this stage, I expect him to be a bench player. I think he'll come off the bench behind Jay Sean Tate, the wild thing, but I do think he'll get an opportunity to start. We look at his summer league numbers, they were great. I think he led summer league in rebounding. He's a big steals and blocks guy to LSU. He had decent usage at LSU, but we do worry somewhat about his shooting. He's a better a better category league player, and I would like him as a last round pick. Unless we have, you know what, we are starting Easton, Tate's coming off the bench and Tari's playing thirty two a night. If Tari plays thirty two a night, then we're looking as a top one hundred player. I just don't think that's gonna happen. It might happen in March. He might play 15 minutes a night for the first four months of the season though and if you this is what we talked about on the show yesterday about you know setting up your or dominating your snake draft league is understanding your settings if you've got daily changes league where you have to use every player on your roster you can't hold a bloke for six months or for four months who's outside the top 250 you just can't you won't be able to recover from it if you're in a weekly league you can stash guys for 10 weeks and it doesn't matter that's where your settings change so he's going to be a really good blocks and steals guy. Solid rebounder. I think he lacks in assists. He lacks in his points. He lacks in his threes. He's ranked 150th, Tari Eason, on Yahoo. He's got an ADP of 157 on Fantrax and 147 on Yahoo. So people are taking that flyer on him with the last pick, and that's absolutely what they should do. In a points league, I think you can find better options. In fact, I'm pretty sure you can. Like, I'd rather a Jalen Williams, for example, in a points league versus a Tari Eason. Williams is another interesting one. Um, I'm not going to talk about him here, but he is another option. So, Eason is the other guy that I think is at least worth considering drafting. Now, the other rookies, we've got um, Jalen Williams. I think he'll have moments of relative value, but he's still behind Shea and Giddy and Dort. Injuries will happen, for sure, so that he will step into a role there and be better. Jalen Duran is a guy that if he played 25 minutes a night, we'd be drafting him. The problem is... There's Isaiah Stewart, Marvin Bagley, Kelly Olinick, Nolan's Noel, and Dwayne Casey, who's going to make that really tough for him to get initially. There's, um, there's Mark Williams. Well, oh, hi, Mark. Who, theoretically, has a great opportunity in Charlotte. But Steve Clifford notoriously doesn't like rookies. Mason Plumley, Nick Richards, JT Thor, Kai Jones none of those players are good, but all of them have the advantage of not being rookies. So Williams might be a guy we take in the last round, but I'm really sour on this whole Hornets team and the way that Clifford's going to deploy him. And I don't expect him to get big run early on. He didn't look like he was ready for it in summer league to begin with. And while Plumlee's not good, he's definitely better than Mark Williams. And teams always try, in general, to put a level of competency out on the court, especially early on. And that might change later on, but I don't think that Mark Williams, unless he just absolutely dominates, puts up big numbers immediately. Jeremy Sohan's an option, but as long as Doug McDermott's there, Sohan's going to be coming off the bench. He can be an interesting steals and blocks guy, but there's just not enough upside. And then you're left with guys like Dyson Daniels, who I don't think is going to play much. Agbaji, who doesn't have a good fantasy game, and his minutes are a little clouded still. There's Simone Fontecchio in Utah as well. Watch for him, but that's only for deeper leagues. Um, Shaden Sharp, I don't expect to play too much. Jake LaRavia, I don't expect much from. Josh Minor, Marjan Beauchamp. Um, tai Tai Washington like there's n- these guys I-, I don't expect them to have impact so realistically we've got these three guys Smith, Bunkero and Keegan Murray who are your dra- clear draftable guys then you got Kessler, Eason Matherin and Ivy who are guys that we take flyers on and then there's the guys you watch like Jalen Williams Jalen Duran, Mark Williams um, maybe Fontecchio and that's really about it when it comes to rookies so what do you think about rookies in fantasy. Are you, are you pro? Are you completely anti? Are you somewhere in the middle? What do you think of this year's rookie class compared to others? Again, I think it's weak. I think these guys are not as good as previous year and not as good as the coming year. So if we get four top 120 guys, I think it'll be a surprise. The fourth, I reckon, is probably going to be Kessler depending on the role there in Utah. So let me know. Drop the comments down below. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.